Seriously? Okay, you've had all summer. Have you found her? Have you found Melody? Berlin on the eve of war. The whole world about to tear itself apart. This isn't the river song we know yet. This is her right at the start. Down to business. I was trained and conditioned for one purpose. I was born to kill the doctor. Demon's run. It was never going to be a gun for you, doctor. The man of peace. Hello, boy. Who understands every kind of warfare except perhaps the cruelest. You will be dead in 32 minutes. You are unauthorized. Your death will now be implemented. Who is this river? The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back this week. Let's start with Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Hey, man, doing doing pretty good. No real complaints over here. Uh, glad to be back, as always, to talk about Doctor Who. Awesome. How about you, man? I can't complain. This is, we're going to be talking about River Song, so yeah, can't wait. But also can't wait to say welcome back. Lee Shackelford. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, this is, uh, I think this is a, a, a favorite all around. So this will be fun to talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is sort of like a part two of a two part story that waited the classic way across the summer before you see part two kind of thing. That's right. So, gentlemen, I have a couple of things in the news. One is I want is more of a follow up per se than news. This is something that Lee you brought to our attention, but I also noticed that our friend Nicole and a fan of the show Vanessa McNamara has talked about as well on Facebook. There is a scene that we did not we touched upon it, but we didn't really touch upon the ramifications. And it is in Revolution of the Daleks. This is the 2021 Christmas slash New Year's special, I guess it's New Year's special of Doctor Who. So if you haven't seen that, just FYI, no spoiler warning, but spoilers. So Lee, kind of tell us what the problem was with resolution in that <laughs> Dalek story. Yeah, in Revolution. Yeah, I I had said that one of the things that I really liked in this uh, story that I generally didn't like was uh, that shot of all the Daleks being tricked into going into the TARDIS. And then we find, aha, it's the switcheroo. That's not the Doctor's TARDIS. That's the other TARDIS that we've seen earlier in the episode, uh, which surely would have baffled people who didn't see the end of the season last year. But uh, she has programmed it to self-destruct. And I... I had a funny feeling about that that I couldn't quite place. And then, you know, social media later on was saying she killed a TARDIS. We've established that a TARDIS is a living, sentient thing. She killed it. Thoughts. Yeah. I I think it's a big old uh, uh, script mistake and um, just wasn't thought through all the way. That That's – I. I mean, things like that have come up before, and the show sort of philosophically does not go back on its own path and, and fix things. They don't come back and explain things. But I, I think that, I think some retconning needs to happen here. I think there needs to be a reason why it was okay that this artist was self-destructed. What, what, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, it was it was a it was a quick way to get out of the problem that was created 
to fix the problem. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, it it um it it seems like an oversight, a huge oversight. Mm. You know, it's it, it does feel like a huge oversight and it reminds me of one of the reasons why in comic books DC in 1985 decided that they would have Crisis on Infinite Earths because you had a property that had been around as long as DC Comics had been at the time, 50 years, and you had continuity this right, left, and center. So let's redo it. So is this a, is this a something where no one is going back and being that editor and making sure they're staying true to the fine points? Or is this just Chibnall saying, this is what I want to do? Or, or both that I, I think, you know, he, he just has this idea and nobody has said there, there's there's nobody higher up uh, in charge of the continuity who who said, wait a minute, the, uh, the TARDIS is a person. You can't. Yeah. So, Lee, I want to point this question to mm-hmm. you specifically because of your background in theater and what you teach as a profession. You teach all sorts of theater-based and story-based and et cetera and so forth. So if you were a writer or a producer, an executive producer, a case in point, Relativity. Now, you were involved in Relativity, of course, is creating Relativity, the story you acted in Relativity. And I know you were involved in social media in Relativity, but let's say Relativity was the next big thing on whatever platform. And would you be, as the showrunner of Relativity, would you be paying attention to what the fans are saying? Would you be paying attention to what's in the media about how you're doing? Or would you just ignore that? No, I, I, I would believe, and I, and I did, listen to what people were saying. Uh, there were things that I sweated sometimes. I thought, oh... I, I, I think I've made a mistake there. Is anybody going to notice? And then nobody mentioned it. And I said, oh, thank goodness. Uh, or, you know, somebody called me out on something. I said, that's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. And so I assume that's that's your point, that you, you would think that the keepers of a franchise like this would be very invested in what's what, what people are saying. Right. Well, you you want to know what they saw. You know, you, we, we made this episode and you, you watched it. Tell me what you saw. Mm-hmm. Clarence, what do you think? Do you think someone's paying attention or is it there's ups and down in the franchise? What do you think? I think it's kind of hard to tell if if, in fact, we need to do a course correction. Um, I'm thinking of when when Doctor Who returned, a.k.a. New Who, was the sentiment from the fan base similar to what we've gotten with Chibnall in the last few years? Was it, oh, no, this this is not Doctor Who, what you're doing now. It's something that looks cool and flashy, but yeah, I'm not so sure it's Doctor Who. So it may be the same thing that's happening now with Chibnall. But I, I, I guess the, the, the thing that makes it so weird with him, though, it's not really been a break in time or it's just a new showrunner and a continuation of what we should right. have before. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, you you guys both hit exactly where I was hoping you would, because my reason for asking the question was, I you know, I have heard 
like as an actor, a lot of actors will not read their reviews, a lot of writers, because there are people out there that are going to be negative just for the sake of being negative to have something to say. And you don't want that to bring you down. But to kind of piggyback off of what Clarence said, I think that Doctor Who always had a fan base, but it became mainstream with RTD and then Stephen Moffat even more so Whereas it went from being in the United States on PBS, public broadcasting, to being on BBC America, same day, not waiting a year or months or however Mm. long it was. I think it exploded during those eras. And I would think as the BBC, they would be listening to this isn't the fact that you've got feedback because you've got a female in the role. This is people commenting because they may not be as happy with the story, not the fact that you have a female in the role. But but the good thing is these are characters. And for us, as we obviously are going on and on about something we aren't even reviewing, these are real characters to us. And Lee, what are also real characters? Um, what are real characters? Oh, that's the title of a book that has been published just in the last couple of days from uh, Fielding University Press, a fascinating social psychology study. And the three of us faithful listeners were asked to contribute a chapter. Yes, indeed. Uh, the, the whole premise of the book is that it's about the relationships between uh, fans and the object of their fandom. So there are... Uh, social scientists and people who have written about this a lot. And then there's ordinary schmucks like us who have been, <laughs> who, who write about um, um, the nature of, of relationships with um, uh, characters from Star Wars and Star Trek, uh, oh, all, all manner of other uh, uh, fictional narratives. But yeah, we, we wrote a chapter called um, the doctor changes, but the feelings stay the same. And uh uh, I think it's really good. I, I've been uh, I've been uh, working through it because we're going to try to do an audio book version of it, and I'm going to be one of the voices on it. So, um, for one thing, I'm going to read our chapter. Awesome. awesome. And um, as we were discussing, uh, the three of us not too long ago, uh, the challenge for me is that it is full of quotes from uh, various doctors, and I'll have to resist the temptation to stagger towards some kind of you know impression of them and to but maybe that's appropriate it's appropriate to know. me yeah i don't know we'll, we'll see how it turns out maybe i can do it <laughs> both ways and let somebody else decide. there you go well whatever anyway. it will be i uh, promise it will not be a moment too soon there you go <laughs> yeah a moment too soon yes but uh <laughs> yeah this is this is uh one of those what they call a um Oh, the term just went right out of my mind, uh, out of my head. But it, um, there's a in in this kind of uh, uh, psych book publishing. There's you know what you call um, uh, newsstand books that are sort of for the the average reader, you know things that might interest just about everybody. And then there's real hardcore science, and um, that might not be of interest to everybody, but would be taken very seriously by people inside that community. And um, Gosh, I've forgotten the name for this, but there, but there is a name for this subset of books that is really uh, in the middle, and that's the intent of real characters: is that it's, it should be something that would be 
comprehensible to just about anybody. Um, but there's some real um, solid science in it, too. And I just think uh, a, a lot of our the people who listen to this show would find it very interesting. So tell them what they've won, Johnny. There you I go. Mean, tell, it is. Them, well, here it is. It's available <laughs> okay. on Amazon. That's what they've there won. You. They've won a link in the show notes of this mm-hmm. very episode to the book on Amazon, available now in wherever you get your books, like Amazon. So <laughs> there you go. And it will also be, there will be a link on our website. And of course, we'll put a, a Facebook post out as well. So gentlemen, I have one last thing. This is really quick before we move on. I mentioned in a previous episode, we had some feedback from a gentleman who is a supporter of the show and of Discussing Network. His name is Bill, and I mispronounced his name, and I want to make a correction, and I hope I get it correct this time. It was not as I pronounced it before, but Le Monde, I believe. So, Bill, Le Monde, I just Le want to, again, tip my hat to you and say thank you for your support. So, gentlemen, do you have anything else before we move forward? The um, last time we were talking about the rumor that uh, Jodie Whittaker is leaving the series, and more and more news sources are reporting that now, uh, apparently as the truth. Mm. But <laughs> in this day and age, it's really hard to tell. So there okay. is a gentleman that I have read that might be a contender and, you know, to take this with a grain of salt. I think he is, ah, there is a British comedy that is about IT people, maybe the IT crowd or something. I'm not sure if that's the name of it or not, but is Richard something. Ayuwadi, yes. Yes. Um, I, 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 I saw a show where uh, he was a guest and was being introduced and the host said, uh, uh, is it Ayawadi? And he said, close enough. So <laughs> that's that's all I know is that, that my attempt at that is um, said by him to be close enough. Yeah, he's been mooted a couple of times before. Uh, I, I just I just love him. I just adore him and everything that he's in. Would he be a good doctor? It'd be very different. He'd be very different. Um, a little more towards um, Sylvester McCoy, maybe, or... <laughs> But uh, uh, anyway, it, it, that is idle speculation, but it, it's, it has been made. So before. there is a subset of fandom who and I, and I want to ask Clarence his. Well, before I say this, Clarence, if you had an actor, any actor that you would like to see as the next doctor off the top of your head, do you have a choice? Uh, got me on the spot here. No, I, don't, I don't I don't really have anybody in mind that I could think of. That I was just am clamoring to be in the role. Uh, what about you guys? So I actually have a, um, you know, so I'm going to go on record and if it happens, it happens. But there is a subset of fandom that has a choice that they would like. And I want to jump in and be a member of that fandom. I would love to see as the next incarnation of the doctor on TV, Joe Martin as the doctor. I would be all in for that because i loved her brief stint as past doctor and i would be all in if she were the next doctor so there you go and Uh, and you could make a case that we've already been sort of pointed in that direction but yeah um, yeah 
Um, I don't know if it's a challenge or not that we've also been told that she is a a past doctor. <laughs> That's a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, but you know, on the, it's a time travel show. I mean, I never hey. forget a face. I know you don't. <laughs> and in the years to come, you might find yourself revisiting a few, but just the old mm -hmm. favorites, eh? That's right. Yeah, I guess I can see it being like a sad story of sorts. I don't mm. because we. We would have to eventually get back to the main doctor lineage, right? Or would we? Yeah. Uh, so, so are you saying we're gonna we're gonna visit the time frame in which she was the doctor, or she's gonna she could transform. be the, the pre doctor, or she could be the fourteenth doctor, and you know, using the face again. I just yeah, okay. <laughs> she was so freaking captivating, and just that brief time we saw her that I would be. Jumping up and I would say, you know, Chibnall, if you bring her back, you can stay around as long as you want, as long as she's on there. I like her that much as the doctor. Five minutes later, yes. Chibnall needs to go. Right. Exactly. No, she, Joe Martin she, with her companion. You ready for this? Joe mm -hmm. Martin as the doctor with her companion introducing Pating. Oh, yes. Wow, you're really going for it, aren't you? <laughs> But you know what I really am going for? I'm really going for to say, if you have not seen Let's Kill Hitler, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 The spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Let's Kill Hitler. This was the first episode of the second half of the 2011 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 27th of August, 2011. It starred... Oh, well, I'm just going to read this as I wrote this. It starred River Song as Melody Pond, Nina Toussaint <laughs> White as Mel's, Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy Pine, and Arthur Darville as Rory Williams. So, summary view. Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. Summary view. What did you think? Uh, 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 from the top, I thought that the look and feel of this episode, I keep saying this, but it felt like it could have been shot yesterday. Uh, especially the opening scene in the field. It just just beautiful. Beautifully shot. And, and I really enjoyed... I really start to miss, miss the music now that we don't have it because I just think of what we just got with the latest New Year's special. And it's just the tones that are struck with the music. So I really thought that was a huge high point, the visuals and the music and the score in the episode. And just the fun. It starts on 10 in the fun factor. And I, they just had me hooked at that point. It does get slow in the middle of the episode, but I just... I just had fun with the episode, man. I really, really enjoyed it. All right. Lee Shackelford. Yeah, I would say the same thing. It's it's just fun, isn't it? Um, and, and it's not that there aren't things that are super serious that happen, including the doctor dying. Um, I mean, he is dead. D-E-A-D, -E dead. Mm. Um, and, you know, but still, it is it is just fun. I mean, we we, we start off with the <laughs> Amy and Rory making a, a crop circle. That's just... Yeah, uh, at, at top speed. I don't know why you have to do it at blinding <laughs> speed. That, that that makes no sense. But you know, but it was fun. Um, but it was because it was fun. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, and it works. 
So I don't know. And, and yeah, just as Clarence said, and, and then they, they keep that up. Um, uh, so it's pretty amazing. Okay. So did I like this episode? Oh, absolutely. Mm. I love this episode from the moment it started to the very end. This was just me almost 11 years ago. I mean, no, um, almost 10 years ago, just sitting there grinning from ear to ear. It answered questions. It posed more questions. It had a brilliant moment for Alex Kingston. One of my favorite River Song moments is in this episode. So absolutely, hands down, I loved this episode. So opening scene, we've already hit on it. We've talked about the crop circles. So since we've already talked about how much fun that was, what about what kind of destroyed the crop circle right down the middle in a red Corvette or some kind of car, but it was red, I remember? Males. We are introduced to males. Lee Shackelford, introduction of males. What did you think about her when you saw her? Did you have any thoughts more so than who in the heck is this? No, I remember seeing this the first time and um, she got out and everybody said males and I thought, Oh, well, then that's Melody Pond. <laughs> so I, I thought that was, it, it's one of the questions that I have about this this episode is that I thought that was so howlingly transparent that I don't understand why it isn't. Is it supposed to be? Are, are we in the audience supposed to be way ahead of Amy and Rory? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it's a flashy entrance. And, um, and of course, the title had already warned us, but yeah, it takes us right into one of the most beloved uh, tropes of science fiction, of time travel stories, of people uh, wanting to go back into the past to kill Hitler, which even though that's uh, a little politically naive, it probably wouldn't have made a lot of difference. But that's neither here nor there. So Clarence, what about you? What did you think initial thoughts of Mills? Oh, Mills was awesome. <laughs> um I don't I don't know if it jumped out to me that's who it was when I first saw it. But even if I'm I'm trying to think, Amy and Rory wouldn't know because they named the baby after their childhood friend. So that's why they wouldn't know. Right. But but yeah, um I I, I, I actually want to spend more time with that incarnation. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she was was uh wild and fun and very troublesome, as we see a little very, later in the episode. She's, she's yeah, she has, she, has, she has problems. <laughs> so when I saw her first, I just thought, oh, they're just expanding the Amy and Rory mythology here, or their core cast of characters, because they go so far back as to introduce them or show her as a child with Amy, and she's obviously listening to everything Amy's telling about the doctor and i loved her in class saying well you don't know that because you don't know the doctor yeah she bought into it as well yeah <laughs> or found that it was a way to get attention which i think uh, you know, that's what she had observed from amelia mm. but um yeah what did you guys think of young rory in the background kind of just being led along and led astray and playing hide and go seek and they're up Gone. Poor guy. Poor guy. I mean, even even when the doctor is just an imaginary friend, he is still being won up by the doctor. I forget mm -hmm. what what uh, Mills says. 
she 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 it makes a statement to the fact that that you know you have you have a man so to speak <laughs> and she, uh amy just thinks she's talking about the doctor but knows she's talking about rory and she thinks rory doesn't even like girls i'm like oh my god poor rory you can't catch a break man can't catch a break <laughs> but i thought that scene was so well done because you get that moment of amy going you know, of course, you know, he's my guy, but he's gay. And then she says, well, tell me one, one time has Rory ever paid attention to a girl? And yeah, then and, and she I just looks because, at her. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. He's never looked at any other girl. Yeah. And yeah. Amy's she has, right. She has she didn't see it that way. She generalized to think that that's because he's not interested in any of them. No, he's not interested in any of them except you. Dummy. Ah. <laughs> Bing. Yeah. As Mel says, the penny drops. And the penny drops. Because <laughs> she threw it in the air for self-preservation. <laughs> Literally. Um, but I do have a question about young males. Did she, Obviously, she didn't live with Amy. Did Or did she? Well, uh, I kind of feel like this is the retconned past. Speaking of stuff getting retconned. Um, when the doctor saves Amy's parents, there's, I feel like there's a whole bunch of stuff we just don't know about. Okay. And maybe, you know, they were, I wouldn't say live with her, but it seems like that's a close relationship that we didn't get a lot of hints of before. Oh, I actually kind of like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I, watching it again, I had the same questions about that that I did before seeing it the first time is that. I think one of the reasons why, maybe this is just me thinking as a screenwriter watching it, but one of the reasons why I thought it was transparently obvious that this is Melody Pond from the beginning was that we've never heard of her before. Mm -hmm. that if she's supposed to have been Amy's best friend, as she says later on, why has she never mentioned her before now? Uh, okay, a, a lot of Amy's yeah. uh, thoughts had gone into the crack in the in the wall. Okay, but since then... Nobody's ever said anything about Mel's. She only appears in this episode, and and we're being told and shown that we've got a history with her. I don't know. I said, well, then she's Melody. She's that's. I don't know how that connects to River Song, but I bet we're about to find out. Okay, you know? so little yeah, girl, and, uh, <clears throat> little girl in New York City, who then is regenerating, mm -hmm. obviously, because she remember she said she's dying, but she's yeah. uh, it's okay. She can fix it's it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. she then regenerates into child males. Mm -hmm. That's in New York City. Yep. How did child get across, no pun intended, the pond? Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, not revealed in the story, but since we know it can be done, I didn't think about it much. Same way we, did, we, we didn't try to figure out how Amy and Rory got to the uh, American Southwest. And, uh, <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and real quick, I, I really appreciate them taking the time to show us instead of just telling us <laughs> that she had a friend they 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 took time to 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 show them together show uh that they actually had some type of relationship they just just throw it to us in a line of dialogue they actually gave it to us which made it all the more special mm -hmm. now i don't know if in the past of nine years if i read this in doctor who magazine if I've read this in an interview with Moffat, if I don't know where I've read it, but I do know I read somewhere where, and I, and I again think it was maybe 
Moffitt that said this, if he were to answer the question how she got across the pond, was we will find out something happens. I won't say it now, but something happens when Amy and Rory leave that put them somewhere else. And that adult Amy, somehow she contacts a journalist in the late 70s that's in the UK and makes gets Melody taken, you know, boarded plane or whatever. Or maybe this journalist comes and gets her and takes her and places her somewhere in the UK. But in other words, they tied that Sarah Jane helped get Mel's over to the UK. I like to believe that because I think that's an awesome story. Hmm. So yeah, the, their relationships are so intertwined through various time. And <laughs> it just really hurts your brain to try to think about. Uh, it, it really does. So let's talk about even further back in time than where I was talking about. They're in 1938 Berlin. And Lee, I'm going to point this one to you first. <laughs> Hitler. You brought him up a minute ago. What mm-hmm. did you think of seeing Hitler? Well, I guess I would have been really disappointed if we hadn't. Um, it having been teased at the end of last episode and um, and in the title of this one, it's great. And, and you know, we, we, you might think this is going to be the doctor versus Hitler, but it's not. Hitler isn't very much, uh, <laughs> isn't in the episode very much because Rory punches him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and puts him in the closet. <laughs> you want Rory, me to put Hitler in Rory, the closet? Rory, Rory, Rory. I am the Fuhrer. Shut up, Hitler. Get in the cupboard. <laughs> it's yet another great Rory, Rory moment. So, yeah. All right, Clarence, what did you think of Hitler in the cupboard? Uh, same thing Lee said. Um, <laughs> nothing really to add other than he was barely in this episode. Um, but, you know, you. You have to love the awkwardness of when they first meet him. <laughs> I was just kind of standing and looking. Uh, so I thought I thought that was really great. And, you know, um, he actually shoots males. And this is like a, 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 I guess, question I have for you guys. When she transforms, then she goes into her mission to kill the doctor was that her intention from the moment she drove up in the car vet, Corvette or was it triggered? I really couldn't tell because um, it seemed like when she turned into what we know of, of River, she kind of just flipped um, all out assault. <laughs> I guess. Well, she has to because she had a car she could have run him over with and then she comes up with a handgun and she points it right at him. Mm. You know, I mean, if if Mel's had the same uh, imperative, she could have killed him in the crop circle. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. You know, they they weren't too clear. And I, I think that's a good explanation. I don't really know, you know, verbatim when when it was. But I would maybe assume since Ma- Madame Kavorian knows, you know, Melody Pond, they gave her this um, this conditioning and then they know that as River in that incarnation or the the way she looked was when they were interacting with her as an adult, then maybe they did code it to if you look like this. I don't know how they would do that, but hey, you know, future technology. Yeah. So let's just say it was when she changed. So, Clarence, what did you think of 
the regeneration itself when she was revealed as, you know, ask my parents, oh, well, they're right here. And then he says, back away. What did you think of her regeneration? Uh, amazing reveal. Um, don't know too much to say about the regeneration itself, except, except it was kind of what we've become standard with in, in New Who. I do like the scene we get a little later where she's pretty much a bullet sponge because she's still regenerating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was, that was a really fun scene. And yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty pretty standard fare. Actually, one of the more fun regenerations I think we've seen in New Who. So I really, really enjoyed that. <laughs> it makes me, if I'm to gripe about anything, I have to wonder about how she is a Time Lord. And I know it's because she was conceived in the TARDIS, but I don't know if I'm fully buying that explanation. <laughs> Especially now, since we know that the do- well, spoilers for the latest series, that the Doctor's abilities was, I guess, genetically transferred to Gallifreyans. Mm-hmm. So how is that a part of the sentient TARDIS? I, I, that gets fuzzy for me. I know it works with a story, but... Yeah. Yeah. And it came first, so it, it was canon before Chibnall, just saying. Yeah, but yeah. still it's still weird in that it's still weird in that aspect. Like how does the TARDIS grant Time Lord cap- capabilities to somebody born within it? Well, Vastra said um that was it Madame Vastra who made this observation that Time Lords became who they are due to their exposure to the time vortex. Correct. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah. That made sense. It makes sense. Now. And that then sense. adding in that she was conceived in the vortex traveling. Yeah. But while traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So Chimla really did mess it up then. Yes. Well, yeah. Although I, I hold on to the fact that our source of information for all of that stuff in the timeless children, the timeless child is the master. And Boy, you think the doctor lies. Is this the master we're talking about? So yeah. I, I I think there's still an out there. And it may be why the doctor still doesn't know who she is. They, they really played that up in this New Year's special. So yes. yeah, there's probably more to the story. Maybe so. Maybe so. But there is a river or a melody who is nothing like the river song that we know. So, Lee, what did you think of seeing Alex Kingston playing this version of the character, still as Melody Pond, but nothing like the river we know? Well, yeah. I mean, I know you, you and I, well, maybe all three of us, we, it's it's hard not to see the appeal of Alex Kingston. And this is, to me, this is her at her sexiest <laughs> when she's being really unrepentantly bad. And um, golly, yeah, that that whole her discovery of herself yeah. you know, right after her post-regeneration is just, whew, um, he said, fanning himself. Right. Let's see then. Ooh, it's all going on down there, isn't it? The hair. The hair. It just doesn't stop, does it? Look at that. Everything changes. Oh, but I love it. I love it. I'm all sort of mature. Hello, Benjamin. Who's Benjamin? The teeth. 
teeth. The teeth. Oh, look at them. Watch out, that bow tie. Excuse me, you lot. I need to weigh myself. That's Melody. It's River Song. Who's River Song? Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? Hang on, just something I have to check. Is anybody else finding this day just a bit difficult? Um, it's all going yeah. on down there. It's all going on down there. What does that mean? <laughs> I just yeah. But, and the uh, hair. The hair. It just doesn't stop, does it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, the and, teeth. and there's just there's just such a delight in 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 who she is. She loves what she's seeing and what she's become so much, and that's that's really appealing. You know, that's just really really great. Um, and uh, and it only gets better. <laughs> yeah. And the only little flaw in it is that she's there to murder the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have mentioned the scene with the bullets. So what did you think of that scene where she basically jumps off the roof, jumps out the window, lands and hello, Nazis. And so what did you think of that scene? Well, I mean, pretty much at this point, she's already given the doctor the kiss of death. And she's just, oh, I'm going to have some fun. <laughs> just regenerated, you know. I'm just going to go and have some fun. Find a new dress, I think she said. Some new clothes. So, yeah, I thought all that was fun. And, you know, she's just ready for a night out on the town because she's really <laughs> done her main mission here in life, I guess. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Now, I do, uh, just to go back just a little bit, I do like, it's not really a contrast because it's kind of a different situation, but in comparison to seeing, was it Forest of the Dead? Seeing the Doctor interact with River for the first time, we get to see this or the same incarnation of, of River interact with the Doctor for the first time. And it kind of flipped where they now know everything about her and she really, I guess she does know about them, but they know her future. So right. I thought that was really interesting. All right. So, Lee, what did you think of that scene? Uh, of, of her confronting the Nazis? Or yes. Just, you know, just sort of hitting the ground. It's one of my very favorite things, n not only in this episode, but in all of New Who. I just I just love that whole business. Um, it, it's uh, Alex gets to say she just gets a lot of great dialogue, <laughs> a lot of great one-liners, and she plays them perfectly. It's it's just a terrific, terrific moment. And uh, and then right behind her, of course, is Amy and Rory. Where Amy or uh, Rory once again socks somebody. <laughs> he knocks his guard down and takes his motorbike. <laughs> and Amy says, "Can you ride a motorbike?" And he says, "I expect so." That sort of day. <laughs> yeah. It's another great exchange. I love it. Yeah, I want to piggyback again on something Clarence said. You were talking about this being a lot of first, and this was a, a lot of first in the River Song mythos that we see. But more so than you named your daughter after your daughter, she gets spoilers from hearing him say, spoilers which he gets spoilers from hearing her say spoilers exactly yeah 
I always love that kind of time travel paradox. Yes. So who said it first? Yes. Yes. And Arnsley gets her name from him, too. Yes. That's true. She doesn't know. Yeah. Before we get to that particular part, I want to talk about the Tesselecta really quick. This machine that has miniature people inside it. And they have this thing about justice where they go back into bad people's time streams, take them out right at their moment of death, and as they say, give them hell. Give them hell, yeah. And we're not sure how literally they mean that until we see them do it. Yes. Yeah. And they mean literally. Thoughts? I, I, the test selector, apart from River Song, is, this is my favorite thing about this episode. And, <laughs> of course, it's going, to play, it's going to keep playing a role as this season continues. Spoilers! But I just, I just love everything about this idea. They're, they're not entirely in control of it, but I think it's fascinating. It makes you wonder who is in charge of this whole operation. Everybody uh, inside, all the crew of the test selector, um, I think they said there's 420 of them. Which mm-hmm. is, that's roughly the crew complement of the Enterprise, I just want to say. But so that's probably not a coincidence. Um, but so there is this human-sized starship that's, that can do all of these wonderful things. But they are sort of constantly having to negotiate with the antibodies on board, the, on board this body. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to know more about that. Why, why is the whole thing constructed that way? It's it doesn't belong to them. You feel that they they they're employees, and there's something that's sort of keeping them in line, keeping them doing what they're doing. But the way it's introduced in the story, everybody is there doing their job inside the test selector, and they're going about it in 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 an almost um, mundane fashion. And that way, you know, when you've done something a hundred times, and uh, well, here it's going up to the eyeball, you know, um, and. You know, that's the way to, to present something like that to an audience. We're seeing it unfold, and and the episode just doesn't spend a lot of time with it. I mean, yeah. just in no time, we feel like we understand everything that the test selector can do and, and how basically how it works. It's yeah. it's amazing. And I remember that when I saw the episode first, I was just in love with that name, partly because it made me think of uh, the concept of Tesseract, um, which is a word I learned from Madeline Lingle's A Wrinkle in Time. But I thought, what, what, what does that mean? And so I remember going to the, the big old dictionary and looking it up. Tessellation is a real thing. Um, tessellation is um, a mosaic is a tessellation. It's, it's any big picture that's made up of a lot of little images huh. or any flat surface that's covering the, um, another plane with, uh, with tiles. But anyway, you know, the visual effect of the Tesselact uh, changing into somebody else, it, it, it is a shifting or blurring of these little tiles. Yeah. These little tiles. And it made me wonder, did, the, did Stephen Moffat get this, um, did he coin that word after somebody showing him the effect that they could do? Or did somebody read the script and say, oh, that tells <laughs> me what this effect should look like? Yeah, I can mm. see that. I would love to know which which, which of those was the story. Yeah, but in any case, yeah, that's what it's called, and that's what it does. But uh, yeah, I just I love the test like that. So yeah, I don't know if I have much to add. Lee said it best. It it's a wonderful invention for the show. 
I love that it is basically just a little uh, uh, a human side side ship with little people in it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it it you know with a bridge and everything. So yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I get but. Uh, slightly get magic school bus vibes because mm-hmm. they're kind of you know in the eye looking out to see what's going on i thought that was really cool so right. i think just a wonderful invention and i can't remember who's controlling it so i, I hope hopefully we'll get that later i do remember the reappearance of it in this in this season but i don't remember if we get an explanation of who's controlling the actual you know the antibodies and all that stuff but in any case um, I just I just love the concept of, of it. And I wonder if the people are about to die anyway, they take them out to torture them more, although they're about to die anyway. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wow. Because that seemed to be the way of getting around, you know, basically murdering people is we take them out right before the moment of their death and then we torture them and kill them. That's it. They're also time travelers. So, yeah, they, they know that they can't uh, kill somebody at the wrong time. That's because they why even they, made a they, reference of being there too early for Hitler. Exactly. Where did we hear that before of people grabbing somebody right? Before oh, I was hoping you would say that. We hear this concept used again later in Twice Upon a Time. Mm, interesting. That's what the uh, witness does oh yeah but they were but but it's not for torture it's for Mm -hmm. you know altruistic means yeah but still it still works it still works the same way yes yeah in their their mission apparently is to as we say to 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 uh torture people just before they are going to die anyway so (laughs) we don't mess up the timeline but there's a a line that gets thrown away very quickly uh, one of the one of the women working inside the, on the bridge of the Tesselecta, they say, "Well, you know, this this can't be happening. You know, this is this is we're at the wrong time." And she says, "Time can be rewritten. You know, remember Kennedy," mm-hmm. mm. which is a lovely throwaway line because if you're thinking about it at all, then you've got to say, "They were going to go get JFK, Re- really?" Or yeah. did they rewrite time but and had him killed? Yeah. It's like this is the giant red of Sumatra, right? Tell us that story. We want to know what, <laughs> because the story we know is JFK was assassinated in November 1963. What was supposed to happen, or, or did you have to fix it? And that is, you put it back the way it. Yeah, tell us that story. Yeah, tell us that story. But you know, we're talking about what they are doing, and they do something that theoretically is not when this person is supposed to be leaving their timeline, they are saying, oh, there's going to be a good bounty on this person because this is the person who killed the doctor. So they capture and uh, literally start attacking Melody. So my question then leads me to, we see the doctor arrive, or actually right before the doctor arrives, I want to go back to the doctor's guilt. And what did you guys think of this scene where the doctor and the TARDIS are talking and the doctor wants an interface because he's been poisoned and he's in pain and he sees several different faces. So Clarence, won't you take this one first? Several different faces. What did you think of the sequence that we got to see? 
a wonderful way to throw in some fan service because I was <laughs> I definitely was smiling, you know, to see um to see our companions make a, a, a an appearance briefly in this episode. Although in the still form, you can tell they didn't reshoot anything, I don't think. Those are like promo images probably. Yeah. I think the the reason for bringing baby Amy in, is that what we're calling her, um, was just is is a strong emotional touchstone for us because um I don't know, it really it really made the scene more impactful to see this little girl giving him the hard news. And I wanna I didn't look at the timestamp on the episode, but she kept saying thirty two minutes. And I wondered whether was there actually thirty two minutes left in the episode when she said that. Well that would have been cool check. if it was. I was watching it on a file that um had a progress bar as it was going along. And I don't I don't think I don't think it is in real time. Um it seemed to me like the episode is more than halfway over by the time that's happened. Uh, but, but I don't know. May, I, I, maybe I should go back and look at that again. But yeah, definitely a tragic to get that hard news is not going to change from, from this little, you know, baby Amy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the scene, especially when she kept saying, you know, whenever he kept saying thirty two minutes, thirty two minutes, and can you stop saying that? Yeah, she you said have it like one minute times. and thirty one minutes <laughs> until you die. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Claire uh, Lee. What did? What about you? What did you think? I just realized that there's a, a a little conversation in relativity that I just love. That was a conversation between a person and a machine, and I stole that business completely outright. How about that? It's the way your mind works. You know, you don't <laughs> you don't realize the things you're you're salting away, but. But yeah, I had that thing where the computer just keeps saying, well, you're not going to because you're going to be dead. And the next minute, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just keep telling me what time it is. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I thought th- th- something about that struck me this time that had not really hit me before. It's not Amelia. It, it's it's the TARDIS talking. Um, but the TARDIS has, at his request, shown him somebody that he hasn't screwed. let down, that he hasn't yeah. screwed over. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, I guess you could you could argue one way or the other about uh, about Amy. So maybe there's still hope that he hasn't messed up Amelia. But but then she stops being a cuckoo clock and says fish fingers and custard, which is very wise for her. I mean, the way I sort of hear that poetically is she's saying, you know, connect to connect to a happy time. Think think of how far we've come together. You know, and it's and that's sort of the magic words for him is that that he he starts to uh, it it gives him new new strength or a reason to carry on. And uh, but that's not Amelia Pond. So the TARDIS chose to say fish fingers and custard, which I'm good with that. Yeah, I just think that's very interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's very. But I'm good with that because the TARDIS Uh, was there. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, she knows. That part makes uh, much more sense to me now that you explain it that way, because I was really kind of confused on the whole purpose, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it seemed like one of the points in the episode where we just wasting time, Mm -hmm. but she gave him hope. Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) And and, and she motivated, you know, it was also, I -hmm. I, I think it was an equal dose of hope and of motivation to don't let, you know, save Amy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're not done with me yet. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way I can make sense of it. Anyway, that's... hey, it's an it's a good good explanation, so I'm happy with it. 
So we see, so back in reality, you know, not in the TARDIS, but well, I guess that's reality too, but back in uh, where River is being held captive. Remember when we did the two-part Silurian episode and I said we will see that hall again? I am pretty darn sure that that is the same hall just redecorated, that same set that they used for the underground Silurian hall where they did that big debate. I, I, Something just tells me that that is the same place just redone. Oh, we know they, they redress locations all the time, so so why not? But do you mean when they're in the the Reich's Chancellery where yes. they put Hitler in the closet or okay. No, 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 no. No, not 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 with Hitler where the, River the is being held yeah, in the restaurant. Okay. Interesting. So River is being held in suspension. We see the Tesselecta looking like Amy. So we've got two Amy's that you know, one Amy inside the Tesselecta, Amy, Amy. And then the doctor arrives in his tuxedo. And Lee, I thought specifically or particularly you would have enjoyed this because of the acting and the the very physical, comedic acting that Matt Smith was doing. Any thoughts? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I really enjoyed his his isolation, you know, because sometimes it's his arm that's dead and then sometimes it's one leg that's dead. And when that happens, he falls down, but he catches himself on the way down and, you know, then tries to make that look like a natural pose and it doesn't. It's just, it's just one of those things that Matt Smith does brilliantly well, but yeah, I I did. I I just love that. I think I was too preoccupied with this Sonic cane. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what happened? The one and only appearance of the Sonic Sonic cane. cane. Yes. Yeah. That was kind of amazing. Yeah. We've got all sorts of Sonic. We've got canes. We've got glasses. We've got our shades. We've got yes. screwdrivers. So. Yes. God help us lipstick. Mm. <laughs> so we get to a point in this where the doctor is authorized to ask the, a question. And he asks the question about the silence. And, you know, then we learn that the silence are uh, an order. This is this religious order. This is the first we hear of this being called that. And we talk about the question, the oldest question in the universe, hidden in plain sight. Well, what's the answer? Unknown. Did you guys have any idea of what the question was? We don't have to answer it, even though we know what the question is or the answer is now. Did you guys have any clue about what the oldest question in the universe was? Mm, Only because I know what comes later. Um, I think if I had to put it just on this episode, I wouldn't know. Okay. Yeah, and I don't remember from when I saw it before. I really don't. Yeah. We see the doctor. Well, we know that Amy and Rory are in danger. So let's go up just a little bit. And Melody and the doctor are having interchanging conversations, conversing back and forth. And the doctor keeps talking about River. And she asked at one point, who is this river? What did you guys think of the moment when, after the doctor dies, Melody becomes River Song? Any thoughts on this scene? She becomes River Song? Did I miss something? So did, tell me, did I read more into it than than what there was? Are you saying metaphor? 
Well, well, he, I he, mean, to me, I think there was a moment where, yeah, no, I, I definitely get what you're saying. She, you're basically, she goes from bad to good in that moment. Well, or, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, yeah, you're right, but there is there's a point where after he dies, she says, "Who's River Song?" to Amy, and Amy looks at the Tesselecta and says, "You know, basically, show me River Song." They show the Tesselecta becomes what we know as River Song being, and there is they switch the camera back over to Alex Kingston, and it's very subtle, but go back and watch it. It's just like a small change in her posture and something about the way she, she it's almost like she moves her eyes just a little bit. And as I'm watching that, mm. I see the character that she's been playing for the episode turn into River Song. Go back and watch that. It's very subtle, but it's there. And it's one of my favorite, or if the favorite, Alex Kingston moment in all of the times I've seen Alex Kingston is you see her switch into river mode. It's very subtle, but it's awesome. Are you still working? Because I'm still a relative. Access files on River Song. Records available. Show me her. Show me River Song. Agree completely. It's. Um... Uh, I, I, you're not, I don't think you're imagining that or projecting that. That is, that is the talent of this, of this performer. Um, there's something similar that, uh, Dame Judi Dench does in, in one of the movies that she's in. And I remember back when I wanted to be a, an actor for the stage, uh, watching that moment and, and, and it is, it's just something, she just narrows her eyes slightly and it changes everything about what she's doing. And I just remember thinking, Judy Dench has more acting talent in her lower eyelid than I do in my entire body. <laughs> this is uh, this is futile. Yeah, at yeah, so same note for Alex Kingston here. It's just you're right. This is a moment where she becomes River Song. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah. So she has become River Song, no longer Melody Pond, and she makes a decision. What did you guys think of this? decision that river makes to basically resuscitate the doctor but in doing so gives up her remaining regenerations thoughts Mm. yeah i don't know if i love the episode guys before i even say i love the episode but i don't know if i buy her making such a huge transformation in this episode uh, other than the regeneration, but to go from trying to kill him to, I mean, really trying to understand what transpired between her first regenerating till now, other than his pleads, but maybe his pleads to her were enough to make her go from being programmed to kill her to now giving up all of her for him. It's it's a big 180. It's yeah. Um, and it's one of my one of my quibbles with the episode is that we've only got an hour to cover a hell of a lot of territory, and and so that's why it seems really awkward and forced to me that we've never 
heard of Mel's before, but now she's Amy's best friend. She she named her daughter after her. Uh, okay, there's a all right. Um, yeah, and then River does this pirouette come from everything that she knows. The one thing she really knows, you know, is that she's supposed to kill the doctor, and then she's going to put herself at risk to what degree she does not know to save him. Um, and, and then skipping ahead a little bit, if that's okay, she can fly the TARDIS because the TARDIS taught her how it, in an instant of time. I mean, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's sci-fi fantasy. We don't know how long they were in the TARDIS. We don't know how long they were in there and so on. But, but yeah, from, from the audience's point of view, I'm saying, wow, we're really galloping to get to get all this in under, <laughs> before the episode ends, aren't we? Yeah. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> so let me say this. I agree with the males part, 100%. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like that was, you know, just put in there. But as far as I got to defend River Song for a moment, from the moment she became Alex Kingston, Melody Pine, she heard them reverently referring to River even, you know, because she, she runs off after she says it's all going down. She even p- peeks back in and says, who's River Song? So she keeps hearing River Song mentioned, and she keeps asking about River, asking about River. And then to find out that this person that they've been talking about all this time is her, I think that would be a good aha moment. It, it's huge. There's, there's no getting past that. It's a, it's a big deal. Yep. But... The only context we know from her in this episode is that she kills the doctor. True. So why would that make her good all of a sudden? Because we already know where she ends up. We do, but she doesn't. Or, or is that your point, Kyle, that, that what she what clicks with her is the way Amy, Rory, and the doctor are speaking of the river they know? Yes, that's, where I, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. The, the, so this person that I am, it's, it's obviously someone that these people love. Right. Well, huh. Why? And, okay, and I can see that. Yeah. And if I become <sighs> this, then, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes your head hurt the more you think about it, but I love thinking about it because mm. I love this character. So, um, right. It's yeah. It's, it's still a lot of cover territory to cover. But, but I will say this. I do but, not. I've always had a problem with, the fact that she gave up her, I know she needed to be River Song and stay River Song. And I know you had to have some way to say she's not going to regenerate anymore. Otherwise, how could the library happen that we've already mm-hmm. seen? So I know that you have to ha- make that happen. So I guess I accepted that knowing how River ends up. But looking at my clock, and we're already one hour a little bit over into the story. I want to ask, do you guys have any other points about the episode in your notes that we have not covered? And Clarence, I'll start with you. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of the episode uh, is when uh, the Tesserector, I think that's what you, what you call it, was fixing to kill Hitler, but the doctor saved Hitler. <laughs> I thought that was so ironic and funny. Yes. It, the, it it the three of them all. Yeah. <laughs> you can sort of see the lights come on in each of their heads going, wait a minute. <laughs> we didn't intend <laughs> what, what, what did we just do? Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Lee, any other thoughts from you? Or the... 
Uh, not really. Uh, I'm, I am, um, you know, kind of, uh, uh, always been fascinated by, uh, this period in, uh, in, uh, world history and you know, things going on in Germany. So I'm, I'm always interested in seeing the inside of the, the Reichschancellery and, you know, the, the uniforms and all of that stuff. So it, it is kind of fun to see, um, uh, see the Nazis doing what they do here, especially when they are no match for Riversong. No, not at all. Are 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 Rory in that matter? Are Rory, Rory's pretty good as the one man army too. Yes. Yeah, he's Captain America. Exactly, he's Captain Britain. <laughs> I will ask you first, Lee Shackelford. Favorite quote? Favorite quote? I was pulling out my favorite scene here. Um, well, I got a bunch of them. Uh, you're very generous because I think you and I have the fa- same <laughs> tip top favorite. But I just love this so much when the the Nazi guards pull their guns on her. And they say, what are you doing here? And she says, well, I was on my way to this gay gypsy bar mitzvah for the disabled. And I thought, gosh, the Third Reich's a bit rubbish. I think I'll kill the Fuhrer. Mm. Who's with me? Mm. I Just gay gypsy bar mitzvah for the disabled. That's <laughs> just. That, that, that checks all their boxes. As, yeah, exactly. She got them all in, in the space of six words. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, shoot her! Shoot her! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clarence. Favorite quote? Mine is from Mills. Um, right before the titles, the the opening scenes or opening title screen rolls, and it's, "You've got a time machine. I've got a gun. What the <laughs> hell? Let's kill Hitler." <laughs> All right. My favorite quote is going to be a stretch here, because it's the very first time that River Song says. Hello, sweetie. So, <laughs> That's right. Favorite uh, quote from me. So my favorite scene we've already talked about, which is that m- moment where I say Alex Kingston melody becomes Alex oh. Kingston River song. That is my favorite, 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 favorite scene. So Clarence, your favorite scene. Yeah, my favorite scene is a visual trick they do in this episode when Mel's is in um, Amy's room and she's holding the little oh. toy wooden TARDIS. Yes. And she like flings it on the bed. But they do this this awesome transition of taking that toy and kind of flipping it to real world. And we see the real TARDIS real. Right. We, <laughs> yes. we see the TARDIS land uh, in the field, I think, immediately after with um, and I thought the way they transitioned, it was either landing or taking off. I can't remember, but the way they transitioned that, I thought it was really, really awesome. And I, I, I really, I, I didn't do it today, but I, I keep saying, I, I want to go back into my copy of that and just see if I can go frame by frame on it, because I want to see where the transition is. It may have, it may have been CG in her hand. Oh, you know? I don't know. Interesting. But, but I mean, it's moving so fast when she when she throws the the model that you know you could do anything on that blur. But yeah. it's it's just so completely seamless. I just yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Also, I just I just love that. So yeah, awesome. Uh, I love the business of the Doctor and River competing over the handgun. Which one of them's got the gun? Which one's got a banana? Which one's got the gun? And the bullets, which one has the bullets without the gun? <laughs> and it's just the the first time from her perspective that she's really squared off against the doctor. And um, they're and they're they're playing chess, of course. He, he's 
you know, <laughs> he's a step ahead of her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually a step ahead of you. Ah, uh, but I was actually two steps ahead of you, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, there is uh, in one of the well, in the original Sherlock Holmes play, there is a, a similar thing where uh, Professor Moriarty comes to Baker Street and confronts Sherlock Holmes and and Holmes uh, says, you know, it's it's very, very awkward walking around with that that gun in your pocket. And Moriarty hands him the gun. And Holmes lays it down on the table. And a little later, Moriarty grabs for the gun and points it at Holmes. Click, 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 click. Oh, click, wow. click, click. And Holmes very dryly puts his hand over the ashtray and goes, tick, 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 Wow. <laughs> because, of course, the, the second he had that gun, he's dropped the bullets out of it. But it's such a great moment on stage. Oh, were you looking for these? <laughs> I just I want I want to do that play so much just for that moment that it's <laughs> <laughs> a great moment. It's just fantastic. So yeah, this is their version of that, of course. It's just great. So I wanted to say too that I love this a little bit of understated uh, wordplay for Rory and Amy, but I love the way this goes out uh, when they first get miniaturized and into the test selecta. Rory says, "Okay." Okay, I am trapped inside a giant robot replica of my wife. I'm really trying not to see this as a metaphor. <laughs> she says, how can we be in here? How do we fit? And he says, oh, miniaturization, Ray. How would you know that? Well, there was a Ray and we were miniaturized. miniaturized. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I love them. I love them. Uh, me too. Final rating. And Lee, I'll start with you. Final rating. I'm giving this five Sonic Canes out of five. Okay. Clarence Brown, final rating. I'm giving it five deaf antibodies out of five. <laughs> mm. I'm going to give this five Hello Sweeties out of five. How about that? There you go. All right. So, gentlemen, I have one final question to ask. And this final question will be, Anything you're reading or watching that you would like to share with the audience? Anything reading or watching? Clarence Brown, what say ye? Uh, so I have a fascination with Japan. I want to go there one day. So <laughs> there's this show. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I'm giving you editing points, Kyle. Awesome. I can't. Oh, I don't know the name of it. Okay. Let me let me let me take it back. Let me put something else in here. So, yeah, I'll just say uh, if you have Amazon um, Prime to check out The Expanse, it's an awesome, awesome show that's about space and uh, political, geopolitical things and um, a very what we think of, well, what we think that could be an accurate depiction of what space is as far as uh, how the physics and all that type of stuff works in space they really try to stay true to that as much as possible and it's a pretty good story it's a pretty good story so if you're into science fiction shows i would definitely say check out the expanse awesome lee shackleford what about you i guess i'll go for the uh the familiar and tried and true that uh i uh have been uh, a little late to finally finishing this season of uh, Discovery, Star Trek Discovery. Well, actually, the, the season finale just just aired as we're or just dropped as we're uh, recording this. And uh, and I've they I kind of dragged myself into um, year three of Discovery because there's a, a lot of times where I've said this is not Star Trek. I don't know what they're doing here, but it ain't Star Trek. But man, we got to that last episode and <laughs> Clarence knows what I mean. That last shot. And I said, 
that's my Star Trek. Yeah. Music and all. Oh yeah. But yeah, I they they did it. If they were trying to get us back on on track with what uh, Trek is about, I think they by golly did it. And um, so I so you know if if you have not uh, seen those, I highly recommend them. Yep. And I will have to jump in real quick on that. I'd actually say I had planned to say, and since I'm saying what I planned to say, I guess I'm saying it to say that I can't wait to watch the first two episodes later this week of WandaVision on Disney Plus. But that being said, Clarence, I did not get an opportunity on discussing Trek to say, so I guess I'll say it here, that this actually the last episode of the season for Discovery in that moment that Lee is talking about with Michael Burnham brought me to tears. It was awesome. I I I was wiping my cheeks as well. I said Doggone it, they did it. They did it. They did it, and they did it well. So there you go. So what did we do well? We talked about River Song, and for everyone listening, (laughs) thank you for being here. You didn't have to spend an hour and 20 minutes of your time with us. We appreciate it, as always, and as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.